Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jamblin! Olympic style. <laughs> Olymp Olympic style with an asterisk for where the integrity ring was. Is it bad that I'm watching figure skating on mute and laughing when they fall on their ass? <laughs> I mean, I know it's like four years of work down the drain, but when they fall on their butt, I'm like, oh yes, it's so it's so delicious. <laughs> I think it's even, I think it's even better if you work really really hard for it and then you screw up in a great way. So I, I, anyway, anyway, Eric, before we laugh anymore at the Olympics, I have to introduce we have a special guest on our podcast. Yes, it's Mr. Kevin Smets, filmmaker and uh, Star Wars. Geek, <laughs> Maybe to say, say geek? the least. What's up, guys? Yeah, I would I would say Star Star Wars maniac, slavering at the bit for any kind of new Star Wars stuff. Is that accurate? Absolutely, man. And if they don't make them, then I decided to make my own. I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, even, even better, a better version, to be honest. Uh. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Can I just can I just say I'm a huge fan at a oh thanks at a at games on film. Uh, the at this previous Magfest, we screened part two of your trilogy of your Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> so where 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 you brought uh, the old Xbox game Knights of the Old Republic to the silver screen. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, it actually started way back when it first came out, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And um, I don't want to, without getting into too much spoilers, because there might be listeners who haven't played it, but you should go play the game. Uh, there's a twist in the game, about halfway through the game, which was so, like, it just kind of moved me. I was like, wow, like, I, I didn't see it coming. And so I remember telling my roommate at the time, who's actually uh, Greg from the Megas, which is the video game band that plays at MacFest. And uh, nice. I was living with him at the time, and I was like, dude, you got to play this game. And he just doesn't have patience for, like, you know, 40, 50-plus hours of games. So he's like, dude, I'm never, there's no way I'm going to be able to play through that game. So I was like, instead of just telling him the twist, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I could like make a movie out of it, you know? And, and it actually, the twist happens at the climax of episode two, the one that played at MAGFest. So even though I could have just told him right there in five minutes, I, it ended up taking about six years <laughs> before episode two finally like <laughs> released, but uh, it, it was worth it. And, uh, you know. I'm an, actually I'm an editor in Los Angeles like that's my career and stuff so uh, back when I started it I was I, I had graduated film school and I was just trying to to get my bearings back I actually liked editing the most out of all of the stuff that I learned so I used it really as a tool I basically took the Xbox game um, and there's a cheat in the game where you can free the camera so if you guys are familiar with the game when you go to choose to attack a character you know the guys go and they race and they, they start attacking let's say the Jedi are attacking the Sith um, and then I could free the camera because it's role-playing game. You're not really controlling it directly. You know, you're just telling them what to do. And I was able to like get you know brand new angles. And then I pretty much wiped all the music, kept most of the sound effects, and also any of the voices in the game. And then replaced, or you know, they didn't have a main voice for the main character, so I voiced that. And then kind of replaced it with with more music from like movies, not even Star Wars music. There's a lot of non-Star Wars music either or too. And this basically made you know make it feel like a movie faults and all i mean i even some of the stuff that drives us mad with star wars the cheesy lines or the long shot that takes forever before the clock wipe happens to take you to the next scene i purposely <laughs> did that so it would be as if oh this would have been a movie that lucas you know signed off on basically so uh that's i love I, I love that i think that yeah every those little touches that you made to make it true to the star wars uh brand 
were great. So, so I guess my, my question is, so after six years of, of hard work, you finally presented this to, uh, to your, to Greg yes. from the Megas. I mean, what did he, what did he think? Oh, he, he liked it. <laughs> well, actually, you know, he, at first, um, you know, there was the first movie, which the first movie, I didn't learn all these tricks. In fact, you were, were you at the entire Q&A? Cause I introduced the kid that was, oh, yeah. he was sitting next to me. He's, he was a fan of the first movie, and he was from, he's from Boston, and he actually uh, he was able to hack the game. So in episode two, there was a lot of stuff that you, that's not in the game that we did, or like brand new camera angles. He was able to you know, uh, you know, populate the city and then have the characters walk and talk during a scene and have the camera. He was basically hacking the game to get what we wanted. Well, the first movie, I didn't know that, and in fact, a lot of the fight scenes from the first movie, I don't even tell people about it. That's why I made that prologue, is because the first movie has like hit points. You can you can tell a lot of the first half of the movie, it looks like you're just watching someone play a game with you know soundtrack mm-hmm. music under it. So it wasn't until the last 40 minutes of episode one that I learned some of the tricks uh, and did that. So in true George Very Lucas cool. fashion, I'll probably go back and redo episode one. But he liked episode one, but that's not where the meat was, you know. So he, I did episode one that released <laughs> in two in two thousand six, and then I, I moved to Austin for a spell and uh, finished started me working on that uh, episode two out in Austin to keep my editing skills fresh. And then when I came back, I finally finished it, and yeah, you know, six years later, but you know, finally worth it for him. So he liked it though, and he's actually a part in. He got to be a voice in the movie too, so. That's awesome, dude. I, I think I, I think it's okay. the ultimate movie because I enjoy just seeing video game cutscenes pushed together into movies, like all the the most recent Mortal Kombat games and stuff. Oh yeah, just the cutscene stuff. But yours just took it to to such a higher level. It's so freaking awesome. Oh, thanks, man. That's that means a lot. Um, it's funny too because like I'm not really that good at playing video games. I mean, I like them, but like you know, for me, when like someone says, "Oh, The Last of Us, that's a great game." I'm not rushing over to GameStop to buy it to play it because I'll probably never be able to beat it. But what I will do is search, you know, you know, Last of Us long play or Last of Us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the cutscene so I can see. I know it's blasphemy, but you know, no, not anymore, not not anymore, man. You're you're we're in a different age. Yeah. Well, that's you know, what I love like... the new Grand Theft Auto game. Like that's the first game that I've actually played, and I'm almost halfway through it now because. Uh, when I can't beat a level, it gives you three tries, then it says skip. And I think that's revolutionary Damn. because a lot of these stories need to be told and we're not all experts. Like, everybody told me to play Mass Effect and, I, and it's a Bioware game and people are even in the forums, you know, we have a whole community of, of KOTOR, you know, fans from the movies. They're like, you should do mm-hmm. a, a Mass Effect, you know, uh, movie series or whatever. But, like, I played it and I got, like, I think 10 hours in and then there's a boss I couldn't beat and I was like, ugh. You know, and then you get frustrated, and I put it away, and I've never gone back to it. Whereas Grand Theft Auto lets you skip. So I hope a lot more games do that. I'm totally in favor of the skip. You know, it's like it's like they're telling people like me, they're like, it's okay if you suck. You love us. You paid the money. Let's keep on moving. You know, like we're both fans of the, the Tanucci suits or whatever on the new Mar- uh, Mario game, so... Oh, that's right, the, the white, the white Tanuki suit that basically makes you mostly invincible... Uh, so you can so even if you suck ass, you can continue throughout the game. Yeah. And uh, I I think it was I forget what comedian uh, saying it uh, was saying it, but um, but he was saying uh, basically like video games are the only art form known to man where they will give you a test like ten minutes in, like they're constantly hitting you with like pop quizzes, like okay, what were the main central themes 
it's that last level you played uh, in in the form of like a boss battle. And if you if any of you fail the test, well then you have to take it all over again. But but it's a totally different age. And like man, I actually just got, just got off the end of um, watching three hours of Bioshock Infinite. Because I knew it would be worth my time, because everybody's you know splooging all over the internet about how how amazing it was, uh, and how intricate the story was. So I'm like, all right, I gotta play it. But um, I, I actually get motion sick uh, playing first person shooters, so I actually can't spend a lot of time in front of a screen, or I get like, or I feel like a little nauseous, you know. I'm like, so I can't justify spending sixty dollars on something that's gonna like purposely like <laughs> make me hurl. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I guess the Oculus Rift is gonna be out of the question for you then, huh? I don't know if it's the same. I'm really crossing my fingers that it's gonna be totally different. I mean, like uh, that's that. Like that's that you put the headphones on. Have you? It, it's like virtual reality, and the new so, first-person games are gonna be interactive with it. So you could literally like immerse yourself in the game, turn your head, and it'll turn. There's all sorts of demo videos and stuff. It's pretty crazy. Ooh, I, they they need to redo uh, Doom and oh make it gosh. for that. Yeah, that would be rad. I mean, it, they, there's a there's already. Uh, what you would call it, uh, drivers for older games. Like, the one I want to do is Roller Coaster Tycoon 3D because I used to love building. <laughs> yes. Dude, that was my favorite game. I have full theme parks and stuff, and, like, to put the headset on and then just walk around this theme park that I made years ago would be amazing. That would be did, cool. Did, did you, do, you, do you have, like, a map that's, like, the death map that everybody makes? Like, all right, I'm going to destroy every person that gets on this ride. Oh, yes. Nothing, or, like, those launchers where you make the the tower like not or you know shorter than how fast the launch thing goes up those little those uh free fall rides so you launch it up and then they fly in the air and kill everybody amazing <laughs> there's something very cathartic about like killing other people but in video games so it's so it's okay yeah the Walt Disney and- of death yes. <laughs> now kevin since you're such a huge star wars fan i have two uh recent theories i want to run by and kind of get your uh, your fans take on this all right as long as uh if this has to do with your star wars life uh that's pretty <laughs> disturbing <laughs> thank you thank you thank you for agreeing with me that that was weird and off topic and it was just gross yeah, it was seven, awesome dude i like the 17 natalie, natalie portman's that that was good but uh, yeah. enslaving all the ewoks or whatever like it's a uh, taking over Endor and first selling out the the alliance and then oh man you know what's funny gotta, though is like everybody if I was and I know the, the rule was you had you couldn't have powers but I always thought like if I was like a Jedi that if I had the force I totally wouldn't be in the order and I would use my force powers for evil too but not like to take over the galaxy <laughs> but to my own end you know what I mean like yeah. y- you will take your clothes off you know you know stuff like that <laughs> yeah. I will take my clothes off but uh, I mean, wait, wait, how is that not like a good force power? You know, that should be the, like neutral force power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like get with chicks. Everybody likes that. Yes. All right. What are you? Let's hear your theories. Okay. Yeah. So the one was actually I've got a new one and I've got one from the last week's episode. So the one, what did you think about my theory that Jabba's appetizers were actually Gungan tadpoles? Oh, that's amazing. I <laughs> yes, that is good. I actually. Uh, we were thinking that that's Jar Jar's kids, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like just little Boing. little boss nasses or something. Well, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm surprised he should link that together. Maybe he'll do a special special edition, and like you, you know, you can have the little like Misa no as like the little <laughs> things going in the mouth, um, and then it would link. I mean, he had Anakin build C3PO. He could have those be Gungan tadpoles. That's disturbing. Yeah, because by the way. Jar Jar spent time I'm- on Tatooine. 
Yes. So you got to think that Jar Jar, you know, like when when during that whole fucking pod race, maybe Jar Jar goes somewhere else, bangs like Bib Fortuna's sister or something. Yes. Has illegitimate babies and and then and Jabba starts eating them. Yes, I like that <laughs> cross species, Gungans with the Twi'leks. Yes. Can now, I? Can I? Wait, wait. Before we move on, can, mm-hmm. can I just go on the record by, by saying that like uh, maybe I'm the alone here but like star wars star wars universe naming uh things and like names in general cool in the original uh trilogy and freaking weird uh in the prequels and everything else now that i'm adult i'm like all right it's weird all of it yeah well i'm just like you know i you can have like your star wars naming generator oh, yeah. and whatnot but just i'm just like you know it's it's a little too like i enjoy the space opera in this but like get some people some regular names like luke yeah, right. I, I, I always I always liked Anakin though. I always thought that was a cool. When I first heard that name, what was it in Return of the Jedi? I was like, that is a cool, cool name. But in fact, I use when the at, we have in and you don't have In and Outs over. Have you guys ever been to California or been to an In and Out? I haven't. Uh, in and Out Burger. They used to call your names now. They call numbers. But uh, in high school, I used to be the the wise guy that would always put Star Wars names in it. So then the guy would have to go on the microphone and be like, <laughs> uh, Anakin, your orders up. I used to do Lando and Anakin. And Han Solo. That's awesome. Yeah, Han, Han Solo. What a great name, Han Solo. Oh man. It, it's true. Like the names were pretty good in the, in the originals, and then in the uh, prequels, you got uh, Darth Tyrannus and General Grievous. Oh, Darth Tyrannus. Don't even. Uh. Or Count the Count Dooku. Count Dooku. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, the Matt, you guys talked. You in one of your episodes, you talked about Masters of the Terrace Remember that game? Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Remember the announcer voice? So he would be like Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader, like before the oh, fight. Yeah, that's right. The best. That's right. They had the. I remember they had the Gamorrean or the Gamorrean, whatever. I never got that right. His name was Thuck, T H O K, and then the <laughs> sand person was named Whore. So then I'd always that's be right. like Thuck. It would be like Fuck versus Whore. And it obviously sounds like fuck versus whore. And Everybody then you can have wins. Like Luke Skywalker versus Luke Skywalker. That was great. <laughs> that game was oh, awesome. Dude. I loved that I, game. That, yeah, that game was actually like that was actually a lot of fun. Like people give it shit, but like you know, and it wasn't a great fighter, but like we had fun. Yeah, oh, yeah it was I like a three D fight. Remember the one of the levels was on the platform in Return of the Jedi, and it had like a, a ATST in the background. That was so rad. It was like a Twilight oh, yeah. on Endor. Oh. Hmm. And just the fact that Invader could do the force choke move, I mean... Oh, yeah. So good. Thuck and Whore, those are great Star Wars names. <laughs> I'm going to resurrect that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, my second theory... Uh, so, check this out, and, and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm getting something wrong here, but... Alright, think about the first movie. The Death Star has been blown up. Very few uh, people survive. There's like Luke, Wedge, and like one other like Y. You mean or the uh, fourth movie? If you're really speaking to the yeah. Star Wars community, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Episode four. <laughs> so they go back to uh, Yavin and they land and they're all happy and stuff. And then you do a George Lucas wipe, and then we're we're onto the medal ceremony, correct? Okay. So the medal ceremony does it take place on Yavin? Yeah, it's inside the uh, hmm. it's inside the uh, temple. Okay, so why so why doesn't the Empire bomb the shit out of Yavin while they're having the medal ceremony? It's like they the Empire already knows where that planet is and that the rebels are there. Yes, the Death Star's been blown up, but they've got a huge Imperial fleet. So like 
Are you really going to have a party at the planet that the Empire already knows exists? <laughs> oh my god, that's just brilliant. Yeah, why would you do that? Because uh, they're on the run in Empire, so they're hidden again on Hoth. So, I mean, unless they threw that party together, like, you know, real quick, and then they had, like, defenders... Outside yeah, they're the, like, like, we've got 20 minutes. They've got that one scout up in that outpost with the binoculars <laughs> and the backwards bike helmet. And he's just sitting there, like, looking for, like, 20, uh, you know, Star Destroyers because Darth Vader survived the battle. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, maybe like, that's that's part of your plan. That's when you can, uh, you if, if you, let's say you didn't get to them in time for your Star Wars life to, you know, mm-hmm. wipe out the Death Star, you could have been like, hey, guys, oh, that, oh, sorry, I'm watching figure skating on mute, too. That guy just fell. But, uh, <laughs> yes. oh, my I gosh, the, I'm so manly talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars and figure skating. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe you could have then been like, hey, they're having their party. You could have been at the party and been like, yo, oh, come down and meet these mean, guys. I'll be off planet. And then you could have sold them out. I'm just saying, like, episode... Episode four should end when they turn around and everyone's cheering and Chewbacca's like, oh, and then boom, turbo lasers, turbo lasers, turbo lasers, just raining death down upon them from a zillion Star Destroyers. Vader's like, suck it, bitch. Uh, we should do know, a fan tur- edit of that. That was You could just take footage from the other movies with the Star Destroyers firing down and we could end the Star Wars right there. I always like yeah, the other exactly. idea too. If they would have just bombed that, uh, or if they would have just shot down that um, in the beginning, the escape pod with three PO and R two mm-hmm. that would have been oh, end yeah, of movie. Yeah. <laughs> they should do a cut where like they destroy the the escape pod and then it just irises out to the end credits. Yeah, I think I think I have seen that. I think that exists on YouTube where he's like where he's like should I fire? Yes. Yeah, they're like but there's no life arms. Yeah, but I'm bored. <laughs> I, Eric, I think you should do a fan cut and and do. Speaking of which, I have your Lone Ranger DVD here, and thanks to this, yes. I keep getting now my Amazon recommendations. I've got R.I.P.D., Dark Shadows, and John... <laughs> Every time I log on, it's like these terrible movies. John Carter yes. ripped. Hey, wait, hey, wait. Hey, John, you know what? John, John Carter wasn't that bad. Did, did yes, you, did it you was. Watch it? it sucked ass. Isn't that it why they... so bad. Didn't they just buy... Isn't that why they bought Star Wars? Disney tried to do their own franchise with John Carter, and then they were like, ah, fuck it. Let's just buy Star Wars. We can't make our own. I oh, mean, yeah. you know what? It was like, all right. Think I'm sure we reviewed this at some point, but like, I felt watching it, I was like, all right, it wasn't the best. Like, it wasn't like thrilling and amazing. It was just like, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of schlocky. I'm still here. Yeah. Hello. He's pretending Uh-oh. he can't hear you because you're talking about John Carter from <laughs> Mars. <laughs> it made me want to read the books. Isn't that the point? Maybe I don't know. No. You know what's going to happen is they're going to cast that guy, John Carter, Taylor Kitsch or whatever. They're going to put him in the new Star Wars, and it's going to kill Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. Can you guys hear me, by the way? I caught out for a second. So. Yes, yeah, I can yes, hear you. We can hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah, John so, Carter so, will kill Star Wars. <laughs> John Car- the, long, mean, the long shadow of John Carter. What if yeah. he's in it? No, I'm saying if he's in it, Star Wars will suck. Did you watch Battleship? This guy just sows death and destruction wherever he goes. He also ruined the the Wolverine. Well, I, I, he wasn't a bad gambit, I guess, but um, you know he was. Gambit sucks too. anyway. Yeah. Gambit's terrible. I love I loved it. I loved when that comedian ripped him apart. Uh, the the guy who who does the uh, X E X Men, 
Uh, he just got his own comedy show. It's it's all over YouTube. He did this little these little viral things. Does he do the Batman guy? Oh. He does Batman too. Yes. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. He he plays Professor Xavier, and each one he just like rips everybody new, and he basically fires all the X Men one at a time. Yeah, I think he's on TBS after Conan or something. Yeah, that was like one of those guys where I th- where uh, we had the opportunity to uh to, to speak with him at comic-con and i was like ah, i don't know i don't know what i'd say to a comedian uh, oh. you're cool <laughs> have, have i told you that i want to murder chad for passing up all our press opportunities <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't make new york comic-con this year and i was like all right chad we'll live it for the both of us and he's like yeah i turned on interviews with sleepy hollow i'm like fuck are you kidding me i watched that show he's like you could have interviewed you could have interviewed ichabod crane yeah, I was like, I don't know, I, I, I don't watch TV. Now you're stuck. Ah. Uh, now you're stuck interviewing a guy that made a movie out of a Star Wars video game released in 2003. But it was better than the prequels, way better. Really? Uh, don't say that. But that's awesome. Thank you. Way. Be- I mean, the. All right. So you're 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 walking into a snake pit here, uh, Kevin. Where uh, we do not appreciate the prequels. In fact, I I think it would be better if they didn't exist. Not even in like music video form where we just see the highlights. Really, I'm just scratch. I'm scratching them from my memory and just starting anew. Well, I can't argue with people that don't like it. My like for me, like I think because I went to film school with a lot of people that hated every movie they saw and always had to like comment on it. Like I really okay. just come from a place where like I like everything that I that I see. Like I, I I try to enjoy it, even if they suck. Like I'll still be able to be like I'll enjoy it. Like. I remember the experience, you know, waiting in line for episode one was cool. I mean, it was a, you know, that was kind of a letdown. I always thought that the ideal thing, they should have done episode one in the crawl of episode one. So, Mm -hmm. and then start episode, Ah, then have episode two be episode one and have Anakin, not a whiny punk, but maybe he comes from like Coruscant underbelly and he was like, you know, pushing spice and the Jedi kind of, you know, where he had, I, I hate that Lucas was main thing was like, and you got to show that anybody can turn bad. And so I made Anakin this perfect angel, like where I think he could have had a little more edge to him. Then you have episode two as episode one. Then you have episode two be like a gnarly Clone Wars movie. In fact, I know you hate the prequels, so you'll hate my idea. I think one of the solo films they should do. <laughs> you're gonna hate this. You're gonna you're gonna hang up on me. They should do a solo film with uh, An- give Anakin and Ewan McGregor have them come back. And even Hayden Christensen, I know everybody hates him, but let them redeem themselves with a good script and a really good director and do a gritty Clone Wars movie. Because I love... Did you guys like the cartoon? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It, was, it was awesome. Both versions. That one story arc with the dude, I forget what it was, uh, with the many arms. He Colonel, and he was a bad Jedi. Do you remember? And he was he was only calling oh, clones yeah. by their number. That was... That yep. story arc, that opening where they, where they invade, like... That could have been the opening shot of episode two, the, the whole Clone Wars movie. It could, that whole opening battle where they like invade. I, I forget the name of that story arc, but I just always thought like, man, like you could have had a full Clone Wars movie, and that's where Anakin could have fallen in love with Padme because something. And then episode three could have been more with Vader. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, but I respect we, we your totally opinion agree. that you don't we've, like it. Respect it. I we, totally. Respect we've it. talked. No, I, I totally agree. We've talked about that before, about having, if we if you'd actually cut out Phantom Menace, started with Attack of the Clones, and actually had a fucking Clone War. Yeah. Because they skipped the best part. They're like, Yoda goes, 
begun this clone war has yeah. and then by the then you get to the, the third one it's like and the stupid crawl says war yeah. and then it'll show any war there's no war <laughs> it's terror i agree absolutely they needed a gritty clone wars movie and they could like i mean ewan has said that he would come back like wouldn't that be cool if they could redeem themselves a little and just do a gritty clone wars movie it would be a one shot but in fact by the way before i forget because i i know you guys love the dread movie and you talk about that on a lot of podcasts yeah. I the only one I had ever seen was the you know in the low one the the sly one. I finally watched <laughs> I finally watched the new dread movie and I I didn't think I was going to like it to be honest, but it was fucking badass. In fact, yes. In my, in my it was really violent. It was hilarious with some of the violence. But in my head I was like this would be not the, not the exact story, but like you know how they shut down the building and everybody's trying to like get at dread. I don't want spoiler alert, sorry. But I think no, it, that's okay. That would Dread is almost an ideal solo movie. Like, imagine that whole movie, but it was on Coruscant and it was Boba Fett instead of Dread, and Boba Fett was trying to get a bounty, and then some mob leader shut down the building, and it was Boba Fett trying to get out of there. Like that, I hope the uh, the solo movies kind of oh. have that gritty, you know, kind of isolated tone where it doesn't have to be, you know, huge globe spanning. You know what I mean? Dude, that would be badass. That would be really cool. I like it. And and I like your and I like your idea of Anakin and uh, and Obi Wan going together because let's face it they were supposed to be you know like he's like you are my brother yeah. Anakin like we we should have seen those moments we should have seen the brother the bonding moments we should have seen Anakin at his best we never got to see him as a hero it was only implied and we would have loved him more and hated the turn more if we had seen him be a hero it's like you know he just all of a sudden he had long hair and an eye scar. And we didn't see what happened. Yeah, and he's kind of he's kind of unlikable the whole time. So it's like, oh, of course you yeah. fell. You're kind of a dick, you know. So I mean, <laughs> sorry, pardon my French, but I mean, like, yeah. So I think there's a lot of fun stuff. Like, I think thinking outside the box, they don't only have to do like, I mean, if they're gonna do a Han Solo prequel mo- or a Han Solo growing up movie, they can they can bring back, you know, some of the like let let them kind of redeem themselves a little bit. Cause I mean, I remember I saw Life as a House. And the funny thing about that is Life is a House, you remember that movie? It was with Hayden Christensen, and he played like a a rough and a rough kid that ends up having to move in with, I forget the real story, but he, he was really good in that movie. And in fact, they shot that movie after Attack of the Clones, but Attack of the Clones took so long in post that he was able to shoot this next movie and release, they were able to shoot it and release it in the still time frame that they were doing the effects for Attack of the Clones, because it's basically a cartoon, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Um, and yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but on the packaging, it had a, like, it's, it says life as a house. It's like this drama. And on the packaging, it was like starring Hayden Christensen, who will be Anakin Skywalker in this summer's episode two, Attack of the Clones. I, yeah, I, I remember that. They were, <laughs> they were pushing that hard. And that was all they had. And then as soon as he came out uh, as poison, they were, I, I'm sure they could take that back. Yeah, they were like, could we redistribute uh, the DVD covers but I don't know uh, maybe I'm in the minority but I thought he was really good in that movie and he was just terrible in, in the pre- I agree he was not it was like that uh, Dante or whatever that other character is in Clerks 2 like I'm Hayden Wood in acting ruining film saga or whatever <laughs> but he could I think he has the chops where he could redeem himself especially if he had a good director and they had a, a mm-hmm. good gritty you know a, a, just do a war movie dude call it Clone Wars Bam! Yeah, done. Uh, totally great. I mean, I, think, I, I liked him in Jumper. You know, he was good uh, going up against uh, Samuel Jackson in that. Yeah, I think I, 
Absolutely. I'm I'm with you on that. And and I'll, and I'll just say this like I don't hate like hate hate on a lot of stuff. And I don't mean to like, you know, piss all over the prequels, but like, you know, it's 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 easy to because it's something that's near and dear to our hearts as like Star Wars fans. And I really feel like, you know, um out of everything that they could have screwed up, uh the big things, the things that mattered were the things that they tripped upon the most. You know, like little things like um like the the emperor turning evil that was so lame yeah. and yoda let's see going to exile i mean i mean like palpatine getting on the phone being like execute you know, uh, order 66 order me 66 breadsticks from the olive garden and yeah you know it was it, they were just like and midichlorians oh, i mean man. like uh, that's like the m word in the star you know, wars fan you know community, you know the, there's an article that said uh it was top 10 things from the prequels that George, I forget what, it's one of those BuzzFeed articles or something, and there is proof, Mm -hmm. written word, that back in the 70s when George was developing Star Wars, he used the word midichlorians. He just, it luckily never made it into the original trilogy. But there's a quote in one of the interviews where he was like, yeah, like, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the Yoda and the, or the the Jedi have, you know, powers, they have more (laughs) midichlorians than the... I'm sounding more like Kermit the Frog there than George Lucas. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. Or, let's not. Or Ray Romano. But, uh, anyways, yeah, so, like, but I agree, like, the midi-chlorians. And, I, dude, for me, like, the fall, too, like, like they, they, if they had the Clone Wars movie, it could have been a lot slower of a burn. But he had just had the Emperor at, like, lightsaber point or whatever, remember? And he's like, you did it. And then he says, you could save Padme. And then 20, 10 minutes later, he's murdering children? Gosh, that's yeah. just... There's, it, I thought it would have been a, a slower burn, you know, like you, you really see him getting corrupted, and it was just like, nope, I want to get laid, so I don't want my my girl to die, so I'm just gonna kill everybody that I grew up with, like, I don't know. Yeah, Anna, Anakin had the mentality of like my two year old son, like he knows right <laughs> from wrong, but you can easily make him stray. So it's like, it's like, yo, go over there and kick the dog. No, I'm not gonna kick the dog. Here's a cookie. Kick the dog. It shall be done. <laughs> I mean, that, that's as much as it took for Anakin. So absolutely, ah, uh, man, and uh, you know, and then the lightsaber fight too. Like, you know, one of the best parts about Empire and Return of the Jedi for me was how they they would, and I tried to do it in actually Kotor episode two, um, as I had them talk during the lightsaber duel. Like, you got to go back and forth, and then you got to have. Obi-Wan say, what are you doing? Like, this is your family. You killed children. And Anakin saying, like, going back and forth. They didn't. They just had this high-powered octane lightsaber duel with all these, you know, effects on the lava thing. Like, they never once, you know, until they were on those floating pods in the middle of a yeah. lava, um, you know, they, they never had those, like, one back and forth, like, you know, the talks. Like, that, the slow prodding, like, lightsaber back and forth and then they talk like when Vader's trying to, you know, say, you know, perhaps, oh, sister, if you won't turn to the dark yeah. side, perhaps she will. That was missing from that, like from the most climactic of lightsaber duels that you build up over yeah. basically six movies. Like, so I was I re- that was what really bothered me the most, though, was just this the lightsaber duel at the end. You know, hey, look, you got me hating yeah. on the prequels now. Damn it! Well, I mean, you're, you're totally you're totally right because the most powerful part of that whole fight is Obi Wan scolding him at the end. Well, you know, you're my brother. Like that's the best part. You're like, oh fuck. So you're right. If there was a little less lava and a little more uh, trash talking, 
Yeah, I mean, it, cool. the Maul Obi Wan fight in, in the Phantom Menace was great, but Maul wasn't a man of many words. That was the other thing that I would have done. It kept keep Maul. Don't kill him off in the first one. And he could have been the prevailing Sith Lord over the next, you know, maybe kill him in, in the second one if we weren't doing our Phantom Menace and the Crawl idea. Like, they could have kept Maul yeah. alive, you know, outside of the... I know they do it in the cartoon, but... But, yeah, so... I Look, I agree. So, I respect people that don't like the prequels, and I think that you will probably really like the new ones because... Episode 7, because I know that J.J. comes from the mold that you guys do and what I... Like, you know, that we love the originals, and I think... He knows those mistakes from the past, and he there's no way he's going to repeat them. You know what I mean? No mm. way. They and they got to kill off Han I, in the first twenty minutes. Let's do let's do that. Let's let's kill him whoa, off. Whoa, whoa, whoa! To- oh, hold on. Totally let, let's let, Shot let's not, down in a place of dude, glory. Listen, dude. You set up the new villain. You you had look. He wanted to die at exactly. the end of the turn, and he couldn't because George wanted to sell more toys. That's like a quote, right? So you open up yep. episode seven. You don't. You know, you have some gnarly thing. Now, you know, they're doing those rewrites because, and I know one of your earlier podcasts, I think it was when it first was revealed. I still got to tell you guys how I discovered your podcast. But when it was first revealed uh, of episode seven, you guys were talking about, you know, well, I just want them to have new generation. No one wants to see old Luke Han and all that stuff. And, you know, they're doing those Mm -hmm. rewrites. And it was because the original Mm -hmm. uh, Arndt, the guy from Toy Toy Story and all that, his version Mm -hmm. focused more on, like, the solo kids and the new generation and jj was very strong that he wanted like a last hurrah for the original three so those that's why they did rewrites and they even think i'm sure you guys read this like that mark hamill might be like up for like six months of shooting so like he's gonna be like a main character but i'm hoping like for han you kill him off like in the first reel set up some new threat or something gnarly that really takes han away and then you could have like you know uh or you know uh Luke kind of with his son or whatever. But the other idea, if you were going to keep Han, why not go against the grain, right? In real life, how would a smuggler, how would a princess be allowed to be with like a smuggler, even if he helped out, you know, the the the, uh, Repu- the Republic and the Alliance? Another idea is to open Episode Seven, where Han is not with Leia at all, and you think that he is, but he's like on the the Falcon or whatever, and he's you know hit the bottle, so now he's kind of an alcoholic. He's back to his old smuggling ways, and then at some point in the movie, uh, he has to help out Leia. Leia has to turn to him, and so Leia has to get passage to somewhere or whatever. So then you could have that old banter back and forth when you know Han could be giving her shit for dumping him when she had to take over the Republic duties and stuff. You could really go against the grain where no one, mm. everyone thinks that they're together, but they're not at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, can we? Can, that would be can, cool. can we? Can, I really want them to establish that Wookiees only live for like ten years, like dogs. Oh, they live for like two hundred years. Seven hundred. No way! Be like, oh yeah, that's like seventy-seven Wookiee years. Sorry, dude. You don't want Chewie then. You don't want a gray-haired Chewie. (laughs) No, let 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 Chewie and Han Bolte. I totally agree with you. They got to go WWE style. When you introduce a new big bad wrestler, the way you put him over is you have him beat the shit out of an old hero that everyone loves, and that establishes his street credibility. Yeah, but yeah, but dude, this is Star Wars. You know what? You know what they're gonna do now that they have Mark Hamill on board is they're gonna make him into the this next trilogy's Obi Wan Kenobi. They're gonna have him, uh, like you know, train the next guy, whoever that is, uh, and then they're gonna kill him off, and he's gonna do it exactly the same way that Ben did because we love references, and so maybe he'll reappear as like the Joker Force Ghost for the next two episodes. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea too. I, 
But you're right. I mean, I, I think one of the original three have to die. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully Fat Leia. Oh, God. <laughs> She's hitting the gym, dude. She's better hit the gym. Didn't they, like, say, look, we got to get you guys a trainer? And how are they going to avoid yeah. the fact that Leia sounds like she's been smoking for 50 years now since the Rebellion won? Like, how are they going to do that? <laughs> give, it, give her give her a space bong to, you know, like a space hookah or something. And, like, have her, like, ha- dude, have her, like, set up, like, Jabba from Jabba's Palace where she's, like, eating Gungan children. Oh. And, 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 Mar- and Mark can Pass the Gungan. And that Mar- actually saying sounds tasty. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and like, and Mark Hamill's face is so old and wrinkly. He basically looks like the uh, uh, machete. <laughs> you gotta grow a beard, cover half of that. Yeah, he's got to get a good exactly. old Jedi beard. Exactly, he's gonna sacrifice himself and die because they got to give him like the hero's farewell. They can't just like have him die in the first twenty minutes, like freaking Johnny Cage and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That shit doesn't work, man. You got to kill him off at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what a shocker, though. Like, I mean, if if you killed off Han in the beginning, first ten, and then you kill off Luke at the end of you know, of at the end of it, then you're only left with Leia, who will just be in a. Just look, I just don't want any Senate hearings. <laughs> I don't want a single Senate oh hearing God, yeah. in the next one. It's like C-SPAN. That was the other thing about the prequels. It was C-SPAN oh, in space. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. Like, oh, so this is how democracy ends, or something. It was like <laughs> thunderous roar, applause. Thunderous applause. <laughs> it's oh like holy God. shit. Yeah, <laughs> like they they knew we weren't gonna cheer for it, so they cheered for themselves. Oh man. Look at look. I I just think that I, I'm just uh, faithful that the uh, the new ones will be a lot of fun, and I think uh, I mean if you guys hated the prequels, like. I, I, I doubt you're going to hate the sequels as much as the prequels. I just can't believe they're no. making them. How rad is that, by the way? Oh, yeah. We're pumped. I mean, we're totally mm. pumped. I mean, there's there's parts of every prequel that I like. There's there's there, there's scenes here and there that I enjoyed. So I didn't hate the whole movie, but a lot of it. But, no, I, I mean, after what Abrams did with that first new Star Trek movie, I mean, I'm totally on board. I think I think these these movies are going to be awesome. They, they pried them out of George Lucas's fat old hands. So... They're gonna to totally do right. Disney wants to make money. They, they want to do it the right way. I'm excited. I'm I'm even excited for that new cartoon, Star Wars Rebels. Oh even yeah. Even the little a little amount of scene from that looks good. Yeah, the the Inquisitor looks like a badass. And I did you see the feature they talked about the droid? How it's like an R2 unit and it's made out of like all. It's his name is oh man I forget his name now. But he's made out of all like replacement parts. So there's nothing about him that's original. And he's like a. He's a stubborn, like, he's like R2, the opposite of R2. R2's, like, loyal and mm-hmm. faithful, where this droid, like, it just finds humans annoying and doesn't do what they say all the time. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I, I saw the picture. He kind of had, like, a, a uh, kind of a butterscotchy color to it. Yeah, him. yeah. There's a, they did a, if you, the, you could find it, they did, like, a feature on it, and they explained that, like, they'll be like, hey, you know, I forget his name, go do this, and, like, he doesn't follow directions a lot. So that's kind of cool. Like those those Clone Wars cartoons really kind of made me like like the 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 whole idea of cartoons and you know TV Star Wars. So hopefully the new ones mm-hmm. is from the same people, right? So well, I'm excited because one of the executive producers is the same guy that did Spectacular Spider-Man and Young Justice. Awesome. So I mean, you can't go wrong with that guy. I think his name is like Greg Weissman. So oh, cool. He. He'll he'll be he'll be great for it. I just hope you know. My, I guess my my hope, if there was like a single character from all the Star Wars fandom 
that could be shoehorned in, even though he shouldn't be, it would be a character like HK-47 from uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, you know, it's funny, is I had my my iPhone, uh, and I was recording a lot of the screening, um, cause I, and I knew the parts that I edited that like would get like a response, like funny parts and, and one-liners and stuff, and I was not recording. I, I'm an idiot. The biggest response was when HK's introduced. The whole play, it was like, first of all, it was an opening night atmosphere, like, at the end credits, someone lit, like, a lightsaber and, and like, waved it. And there's like, someone dressed <laughs> as, like, uh, uh, a Mandalorian, which is really cool. Um, so people, like, dressed apart, and they were cheering and booing. You know, like, it was, like, an opening night atmosphere. And HK came on. Yeah. He had the high, He had the largest, like, ovation. And there was another part, too, at the end when they're, like, let's do this the way it was meant to be, Master vs. Apprentice. And they both ignite their lightsabers. Everybody cheered at that, too. And I didn't record it. I was, like, ah! Like I got, I recorded like the decapitation, which is cool. People cheered at that and and stuff like that. It was it was good. It was like snakes on a plane all over again. Thanks. Uh, and after I saw snakes on a plane live, like at the premiere, I was like, I will never watch that movie ever again because like people were like throwing like rubber snakes at each other and like saying lines oh, awesome. with each other, like with with Sam Jackson. I was like, this is the best. This is the best thing ever. Do you guys, oh, like- the best thing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you I was gonna say I was gonna say the best thing ever until we saw that up the trailer for the upcoming movie Zombievers. Oh God, Zombie Beavers! I forgot to click that link. Is it good? Zombie Beavers. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fucking great. It's it looks like it looks like shot for shot, gag for gag, uh, trope for trope. It looks like that movie Black Sheep, which was amazing. Again. That was an amazing yeah. movie. So. I'm not. I'm not knocking Black Sheep. I'm just saying, like, hey, wait a second. I've seen this movie before. Is this a is this a feature or? I'll check. Yeah, the link. looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like from from the people who brought you Sharknado comes Zombievers, and it's not like, I mean, it's it's too um, what you call it? It's too produced to be like a college humor uh, sk- skit. Um, you guys for live live events and stuff for live. I love when like the audience gets involved. You guys, did you guys like the Scott Pilgrim movie? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Best movie they, ever. You well, should not- look up. At, I I don't know if they have it on the East Coast. They've been doing this event. They had it in Long Beach out here in California, where um, they have a live band play the music. Oh shit! With the wow. movie, uh, there's video. I'll I'll email you guys the link or whatever. They'll they'll have a live band play music from the movie, and then like they'll have different events happen. Like where like all the where the big neon like lights come. They'll have like they have like neon lights shoot in the crowd, and then they have like smoke. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show, where like they'll have people like they'll all of a sudden pop up on screen, like uh, karaoke style, like some of the famous lines from the movie. So the whole audience says it at the same time that the characters do, and then like when the bomb moms play like their music, they actually have a real band playing along with the movie. It's really cool. Wow, that's awesome! You know, that's that's getting really popular. Like, um, uh, like over the last, I want to say, five years, tons of events like that are happening. Because you know, in in our digital age, people like really enjoy getting mail and you know doing things offline. And um, one of those things is like uh, like movie musicals with subtitles, like singing along and like being a part of the of the fan base. Yeah, like I've I've seen uh, up up here in New York City. I actually had to make the Blu-rays for the for for these events where we did Labyrinth sing along, and uh, uh, what was the last Little Shop of Horrors sing along, and Bam in Brooklyn, and it was like they had like like a whole cast, costumes, like songs memorized, choreography, puppets. That's so rad. It was just like 
it was huge productions and like they sold out every time oh i just got a great idea all right yeah. you guys you guys are gonna fucking love this all right so <laughs> in going in going with this here's what we're gonna do talking about playing a movie and then having something happening on the stage in front of the movie here's what we do we have one of steven seagal's classic movies playing in the background <laughs> then steven seagal himself is on stage and when we get to a fight scene whoever from the audience wants to can rush the stage and steven seagal will beat the shit out of you yes <laughs> how okay, amazing I'm... would that be you just snap your elbows left and right during the fight scene and then when the fight scene's over you gotta drag yourself back to the seats <laughs> <laughs> seagal someone... would totally be good with it because we'd pay him in movie theater popcorn what if someone beats him though what if someone defeats him Impossible. Can. Impossible, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that up. How bad of him. No way, dude. I mean, he's trained UFC fighters in, like, axe kicks and some BS. The only thing that can defeat Steven Seagal is an itch in the middle of his back. Because <laughs> he can't reach it anymore. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Can you imagine Steven Seagal beating the shit out of people when we're watching Hard to Kill or something? I could see. Wait, wait, wait. I, I could see him doing that with like a trained stunt team who <laughs> think like, all right, guys, all right, wait, we're, we're in rehearsal doing choreography, and Steven Seagal's just like, I'll just show up. I'll just do it on the day. I don't care. He probably he probably actually sit in a chair and stick his leg out, and you have to run your face into his foot, but it would still be worth it. <laughs> oh man, have you? <laughs> it's not really related, but uh, Kane, Kane, the WWE wrestler. Yeah, have you have you seen his um his his what is money motivational uh economic video? <laughs> oh, like where he's not in character though. Like it's him. He's Glenn Jacobs. That's, that's right. It's 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 actually him, and he's actually talking about like economics and money, and um, I think it's called like the Austrian uh, Economist or something like that online. It's like an hour of just like I, I watched this like. This man, like, you know, out of costume talking about, like, money for, like, an hour. is like, oh, this, this guy's actually smart. No wonder he won the, uh, which we call it, the, the weakest link back in the day. Yeah, I heard uh, he was, he actually had aspirations to be in, like, to go the Jesse Ventura route and, and take it to the political arena at some point. Wow. See, this, see, Chad, this is the difference between what you watch on the internet and what I watch on the internet. You're listening to Kane <laughs> talk about economics. Meanwhile, I'm clicking on a link where Shia LaBeouf goes to his latest movie, Red Carpet, with a oh. bag over his head. And it says, what? I am not famous, written on the bag over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Mutt Williams, buddy. What? Mutt Williams. Oh, oh, my God. I mean, like, all right. I'm I'm rooting I'm rooting so hard for him to win. Like he keeps demand he keeps putting on Twitter and stuff. I am not famous. It's like brother, I want you to be right on this. Like please. Don't Did you be see famous. the video of him leaving? Like he answered he said some quote and like left the uh, uh, the podium at the Q and A at that same premiere or whatever. He like stormed oh, out yeah. or he said some line. He's a weird. Yeah, and it was that's and it was another line that he ripped off from someone else. Yeah. Like so. But I love that he showed up with a bag over his head. It's like, dude, like, can we go back and digitally put bags over his heads in all of his movies? (laughs) (laughs) The bag over the head edition? It'd be so much better. You have to do, you you can digitally add that to your Transformers supercut you're going to do. I know, yeah. I'm telling you, I can't wait to do the supercut of Lone Ranger. It's probably going to be like 25 minutes, but trust me, I can save that movie. Yeah, I I have, literally, it's right here, and uh, Lone Ranger. I'm sending that to you. I don't know. 
Hang on. I don't know. I don't know if you've if you've made this into your plans, but I think you should uh, you should remix or um, you should mash up the Lone Ranger with like uh, one of the Underworld movies or something that has like a lot of werewolves in it that you could just like insert the werewolves into the movie. Oh yeah, that's true for their original premise. Exactly. I mean, like they didn't make it in, and that sucks ass. So you should put them in for them. Do it. Mm. I'll, I'll have to consider. I do like werewolf movies. I mean, uh, the last, uh, the last, I think, uh, the last one had a ton of werewolves. It was um, Evolution, or not Evolution, um, what was the vampire it was, Yeah, it was uh, Underpants 3, uh, Underpants <laughs> 4. Yes, Underpants, Underpants 4 takes place back in like the 1600s or, or something like that, and there's a lot of werewolf action. No, that, so. that was Underpants 3. That's the one that Kate Beckinsale's not in. Ah, yes. She came, she came back in 4, and even tighter it's, leather. It's it's so funny because you know that 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 picture that was making headlines about um, uh, the the female gamer icon. What's her name with the red hair? Oh, she's um, in. Uh, she's in. She used to be in that web series, right? And the the guild, yeah. yeah, the one that she uh, that she wrote. Yeah, she she released this picture saying like, "Hey, this is me before I chopped all my hair off, and this is a picture of me afterwards." And everybody blew up about like. Oh, dude, you butchered your hair. You look so much worse now. Your face looks awful. And and it turned out that uh, the picture on the left with her with long hair actually just wasn't her. It was some model. <laughs> Felicia and, uh, Day. And I, and it was the same thing for with me in the in the in the vampire movies where I was like, I couldn't tell you if that was Kate Beckinsale or not. They looked freaking the same. Like there was like basically her, uh, but like uh, it was it was like the Star Wars prequels where like the Padme and like her handmaiden look exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's your backup, right, for your evil life on Star Wars. That, land, uh... Yeah, I might end up with sixteen Natalie Portmans and one Kira Knightley. <laughs> you gotta mix it up a little bit. I, you know what I mean. You don't want to get bored with the same thing. So. <laughs> that, that's true. Like Kira Knightley has a slightly more believable British accent. So when I'm feeling it that way, I can just you know, I can we can reenact pirates. Except you know. <laughs> oh my god! With the much, with the much longer sword. Yeah, you better start believing in pornos. You're in one. <laughs> 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 now, Eric, I, I really, I really think if you, if you went through with the uh, your Star Wars fantasy, you would get way too drunk on Ewok whiskey and wake up with like in in the bed with uh with an Ewok, oh. and he would like roll over, he'd roll over, and look at you, and be like, "Yo, Chuck." <laughs> <laughs> that dude there was one point of the podcast where you're talking about it too where it it almost sounded like you were talk I, I know you were talking about natalie portman but like it sounded like you were explaining what you were going to do with the ewoks and i was like oh my god man we're taking this to the next level <laughs> that's right worship me and my golden god <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i mean you know that's all you gotta do is win them over you just you know princess Leia just gave him one a cracker so it's like I'll just fucking bring some Cheez-Its. Who braided and, uh, her hair, you know. by the way? Who? What? Which one of those Ewoks braided her hair? She comes out of the <laughs> yeah. hut with, like, these, you know, nice braids and her hair's long. Like, they got some <laughs> talented Ewok hairdressers on Endor. <laughs> yeah, you think she would have come out with, like, some bones woven in, like, Flintstone style or something. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, I mean... That, that, that to me was like showing that she had never actually been in a forest before because she, you know, like um, like city chicks when they go to the forest for the first time they're like, oh look, I got my forest outfit on. Look, I'm so earthy. Oh, I'm gonna do my hair like a hippie. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Yeah, I know, right? She's like, my friends probably miss me. They probably think I'm dead. <laughs> ah, fuck it. I got time for a makeover party. <laughs> <laughs> like, she is in no hurry to go home and find her friends. But these are my friends. Uh. Yeah. She's like, let's see. The speeder bike's destroyed. My helmet's gone. Eh, fuck it. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I got to put you on blast, by the way, before I know we're getting almost over here. I got to put you on blast for not liking Wolverine. I could not believe that was in your top ten list of movies that weren't good from the summer. I think that might have been my favorite movie of the summer. Wolverine. Well, I was a fan I, I, of the original. I was a fan of like the comics, though. Like even back, I mean, you know, it was partially based on, you know, the story of him in Japan. Like so, I mean, it uh, was just, I thought it was so well done. Well, I do have to admit, I mean, and, and one of our listeners explained this to me on the Facebook. The uh, illegal burned version that I watched had no Japanese subtitles, or, or no 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 English <laughs> subtitles when the Japanese uh, was was being spoken. So I think I missed like a third of the movie's plot. <laughs> oh my god! Uh. So I mean, like, obviously I can't speak Japanese, but when people are like, you know, back and forth, I was like, what the fuck? Like so, I mean, there was like five minute long conversations in Japanese, and I had no English subtitles on my movie. So. Well, that's like that's like immersive. It's like you were the Wolverine because he didn't know Japanese. Well, I mean, I know, I know, like a good movie. If it's done well, you're supposed to be able to hit mute and you're supposed to be able to tell exactly what's happening without any words and stuff. But I mean, maybe if I'd been privy to a little bit more of the uh, the words, it might have might have I mean- helped my enjoyment of it. And I just I just don't like the fact that like ninjas and stuff are just cutting the shit out of them. But there's just like it didn't matter. But even it did. though his healing like, power he, was, was slowing. That's the thing that I like, that his healing power was starting to go away. It was the first, because in all the other movies where he has it, it's like, oh, who cares? He's never going to be in danger because he gets a yeah. bullet in the head and then it heals. I li- like, I remember in the movie, like, feeling like that angst of like, oh man, like he doesn't have his healing power and he's going to go up against all these people. That one part, I mean, it just sums up Wolverine, like when he was in the snow and it had, it had the d- digital snow falling and he had like mm-hmm. the, just the wife beater and he had a cigar in his mouth and he had his blades. And then it was just before he gets, like, captured or whatever. But, like, that was just the style and tone of, like, those Wolverine comics. Like, and he mm-hmm. doesn't have – as far I remember, he, it was pretty much gone, right? His healing power was pretty much wiped away. Well, I mean, so he, he, did, he didn't die, so. Yeah. I mean, like I, – I, I, I thought the risk was there. I mean, like, I, I believed I, – I bought in. I was like, oh, oh he's get, actually getting screwed up instead of, like – just eating bullets for breakfast. If he had sacrificed his life to save uh, Mariko, or however you pronounce her name, his girlfriend from the comics, if he had sacrificed his life and died at the end, and then, like, the ninjas were all like, you know what, that was a true fucking warrior, and they, like, buried him or something like that, and the move rolled roll to credits, I'd have been pretty into it. And then at the la- the after credit scene could be uh, his blades coming out from the ground and his hand. <laughs> yeah! yeah. Freddy Krueger style. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that another so movie cool. I saw that I thought I was going to hate, I don't know if this was on your list, I don't think it was, I I matched Oblivion up with pretty much, I had written it off as like After Earth, and Oblivion, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw it, I really liked that, like, oh, yeah. it was a surprise to me, like, because like, I thought I was going to hate it, but it mm-hmm. actually, the, tra- the trailer doesn't do it, ju- like, it's a different movie than the trailer lets on, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, did you guys like it? No, oh, yeah, I saw it, I liked it, I think that Tom Cruise should really only do science fiction movies now. Because he's just not believable in real life stuff, but I thought Oblivion was cool, and I liked, you know, at towards the end when you find out that like, you know, the this. Wait, 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 wait! I, I haven't oh, seen don't, it. Yet. Don't, don't say it anything. Came out, like, You'll last love it. April. 
All right. Well, anyways, without without spoiling it, I will say I did like the, you know like the the twist and, and yeah. the slow reveals and stuff. So it it was pretty decent. So it's a cerebral like, movie. The trailer makes it like he's fighting aliens the whole time. Like it's a cerebral movie. Like it's I that was like a a, a definite like uh, surprise for me. Like I was pretty stoked on that. Yeah, by by far uh, the best Tom Cruise movie in like ten years. I, I would I would definitely agree on that. Yeah, like it, no, it had. I mean, it wasn't like the Minority Report, but you're right. Like his his sci-fi stuff's usually pretty good. Like I love Minority Report too, way back when. Yeah, was that, like ten years. That that was good, and he's got another sci-fi movie coming out this year where I think it's with possibly with the same actress. But Groundhog like Day in space, the future right? And they're fighting in uh, like robot suits and shit. Yeah, like the trailer it makes it like it's Groundhog Day. Like he relives yeah. the same battle every day or something. That's kind of cool. Mm, you yeah. got Chad. So, I mean, you got to see Oblivion, man. Like, uh, I will. I'll, I'll watch that tonight. I, I, I literally, it was on my DVR like for about a week. Where I was like, ah, I'm just, I don't, you know, I'm not into it or whatever. And I finally kind of just forced myself to see it. And total pleasant surprise, man. Those are the best movies too, where you think you're gonna hate it, and then you're like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, and it's got but, uh, badass Morgan Freeman too. Well, it always helps to go into something with low expectations, I'll say that. <laughs> you know, movies, relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Olympics. It's the way to live your life. That's the best thing to yeah. do. <laughs> That's true, man. Well, let, right, let, well, me, ask you, let me ask you uh, one uh, DC uh, comic book movie question before yes. we uh, leave here. Okay. So, what do you think about these new rumors that they're going to cast the next Green Lantern as... Uh, the John Stewart Lantern as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I am so amped for that. That is going to be yes! amazing. He's the <laughs> if best. You smell. Dude, The Rock is a franchise reviver. He came back to Fast yeah. and the Furious and made that badass. He came back to uh, GI Joe, made that tolerable. Yeah. Like he he could totally bring. You can't go back with Ryan Reynolds, so you, you gotta you gotta yeah. bring him in for that. And it would be too obvious if he was cyborg. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think he'd make a great Green Lantern. I think that that would be uh, like pretty awesome, dude. I mean, dude, those the DC animated movies have have been so good, and a lot of it, mm-hmm. like, I just wish sometimes they should just take the people that are in charge with that and let them run with like with the the live action movies, because like, you know, I I'm just I'm worried that they'll stay away from cool stuff because the the animated series already did it. Like, one of the best parts for me, like from the series, was. Remember when uh, Superman uses uh, his his vision and, and he sees that Batman's Bruce Wayne and he's like Bruce, oh, yeah. right? And then mm-hmm. they later show Clark Kent going back to his place and he he puts you know his his cape down or whatever and there's like a tracker and then he looks out the window and there's Batman mm-hmm. with like his binoculars and he kind of waves like yeah. that that is so good like that you show how Batman is just always kind of one step ahead even with you know the great Superman like they could take that literally and put it in the end in in the the live action version and i i wouldn't care you know what i mean like that would be a yeah. rad sequence yeah they i mean you're right the the animated people should be writing these scripts because they they know the history they they're all fans of the comics but they're at the same time they're putting good twists on it to make it to movies they're not afraid to take chances i mean that was the whole thing when uh What's his face stepped down as the president of the animated uh, branch? Everyone was oh, rumored that Bruce Tim. Yeah, when Bruce Tim stepped down, everyone was like, "Oh shit, he's gonna go do the movies for him," but I, it hasn't materialized yet. Yeah, and they, they really do nail Bat. I think Batman is probably 
for me, like, my favorite character, and I kind of grew into him a lot more. Like, I worked with someone that was a huge Batman fan, and he, he was telling me the, the some of the stories to read, and you know, because I was into the movies, but, like, he really got, got me back into Batman. Like, I didn't really like Justice League War. I love Flashpoint Paradox, by the way. When, when I mean, uh, can I say spoilers? It's been out for a long time. At the end, yeah, with the letter, I'll just cool. say this. At the end, with the letter and his dad, like... Though, like, that gives me, like, goosebumps when I see that scene. That's so powerful when Bruce Wayne gets to read a letter from his dad from, like, the alternate, like, yeah. the alternate universe. Like, that, that mm. is so good. Or, like, Justice League Frontier. Remember that one that took place, like, in the 60s? That used yeah. to be my favorite until Flashpoint. And that, like, when he has, says that, like, the one-liner about, like, I have a sliver of kryptonite or I have a sliver of radioactive meteor to stop the one from Metropolis. All I need is a penny for a book of match he tells that to penny for a book of match he tells that to what martian manhunter i think like like the comics yeah. or the cartoons really like like nail batman and i just, the only thing i liked about the war but it was straight it's ripped from the comic anyway was when he stole when batman takes green lantern's ring you know what i mean like that was great oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. swipes it right off of him oh, i loved it <laughs> that was great you know but i i didn't like that i mean like you guys said you already kind of mentioned it but like the whole movie is pretty much takes place in one night and it's all a fight the whole time you know so there's not yeah. that much time for like kind of developing you know they're the first time they're always teaming up superman once again has a blatant disregard for buildings so there's like four 9-11s that happened in that one just like in man <laughs> of steel um but and then i like the i don't even know who the guy is but the emperor was in it dude palpatine was in that movie he was yeah, the, really? the dude on the spaceship that like that Superman eventually kills. Oh, that's right. He looked just like the Emperor. He had the like, and now young, young Skywalker, <laughs> you know. And Superman right. like breaks his neck. But I mean, you, the Flashpoint paradox, dude, for me. And I mean, the Dark Knight Returns. That you, those both those parts, really mm-hmm. good. You know, in fact, they, they just can't. They just can't do wrong. I oh, mean, I was gonna say Mar- the- Marvel's. Marvel's offerings have been have been pretty stale. I mean, like I really wanted to 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 enjoy like what they've been putting out, especially like the Avengers movies and like the like anything with the Hulk in it. But like DC is just consistently giving quality films. Well, we've got this new one. You know, take heart, true believers, because the Punisher, uh, Black Widow team oh, up animated that. movie is coming out soon. That doesn't look bad. Really? That actually looks pretty good. I mean, that's an odd. Pairing. I just love that it's got the Punisher in it. They could have paired it with anyone else. <laughs> just like the Punisher's going to be in their animated movie. Well, I got I okay. got to thank Flashpoint Paradox for finding you guys. Actually, the store, like if you search on iTunes, it's kind of. By the way, this might be your most nerdiest, geekiest episode ever. By the way, but and I'll to further make it geeky. If this goes back to like my days as a kid going to the movie theater, the movie theater I was at. When there was ever a big movie, like Jurassic Park or Indiana Jones, they always played music in the movie theater for that movie. So even if it was a week or two before, they'd have Indiana Jones music. It was before slideshows and stuff like that. They'd have Indiana Jones music, mm-hmm. and you, you knew that it was coming out in a couple days or, or a couple weeks or whatever. So mm-hmm. what I do with movies, especially event movies or movies I'm excited to see, this is going to really make me a huge nerd, but I basically I'll download the score usually before – or I'll download if it's a sequel. I'll download the scores from the other movies, or, and I'll watch it. I'll like I'll watch the the prequels or whatever, whatever came before. And then the day that I see the movie, I'll always pop in the soundtrack and listen to the music all day. Kind of gets me in the in the mood for it. And then I finally, you know, I see the movie or whatever. And then I always do what I like to call like the movie post game show, where I always like to on the drive home from the theater or that night when I'm going to bed, listen to a podcast of a review. 
of the movie or whatever. So Flashpoint Paradox, mm-hmm. I kind of did the same thing. Like I downloaded the score, or I didn't download. I actually purchased the score because it wasn't available for download. But I was listening to it all day when I was at work, and I knew I was going to watch it that night or whatever. Finally watched it, and then if you type in on iTunes Flashpoint Paradox review, you guys are the third down on Sweet. on the results. So you guys are number three. So I actually picked that one because I like the J, the logo. And I had already oh, nice. been talking with – this is the small world. I had already been communicating with Chad for the MAGFest thing because I was – you know, I, someone had recommended or told me to email Chad to submit for KOTOR or whatever. So I had already – we had already been in the works or whatever. And I remember I didn't even put two and two together until I think at some point I saw that you had done the Jumpman podcast. And I was like – Dude, that is the smallest world ever. And I remember I emailed you, Chad. I was like, dude, I listened to your mm-hmm. show. That's amazing. But it was thanks to Flashpoint. So anyways, yeah, I listened to you, your guys' review of Flashpoint Paradox. And that's how I Great. discovered the podcast. It's a small world after and all. I, and we always brag that we uh, we own iTunes. So now it's a fact. Top three. Yeah. We just have to, Number three. We just have to we figure keep out the- a way to knock those other bozos off that are above you guys. Uh, those must be like uh, f- official sponsored ones or something. But we really we're the reason that iTunes keeps their lights on. <laughs> hey, you're, are you guys tweeting celebrities still, or is that you know uh, one thing? Quick thing before I go, you guys talked about Rob Paulson or whatever. Um, yeah. Tweeting oh yeah. <laughs> so a, a little known fact. I don't want to get too much into it, but when I was a kid, I was a kid actor for a little bit, and I was no actually, way. Yeah, and I was on Bobby's World. I was I was the voice oh. of Derek. For not the first no season, shit. but the second and second through seventh season. So when I was like really, I was in junior high when I was doing it. But Rob Holy Paulson, he, he would come in. They were the voice of him and this other really talented guy were the voice of these two cops or whatever, bumbling cops. So, but mm-hmm. I remember, remember the Rob Paulson, the animatic, animaniac, animatic, animaniac where he sang the <laughs> countries of the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I used mm-hmm. to sit next to Rob Paulson, so I was a big fan of his. And so I had him, I asked him about that, and he actually sang some of it for me. And he said he did it in one take. Holy shit. Awesome. It was like the first take that they got, they got it down. So Frank Welker was in the room. He was the voice of the dog. Oh, famous shit. Frank Welker, who, who oh. you know, Fred from Scooby-Doo, all they would bring him in to do was the dog, which was right. funny. But, oh, man. Frank, so well, you've met. That's amazing. Yeah, Frank Welker. Uh, I used to always ask him, like, could you do, could you do uh, uh, my stage name? But is my middle name, so it was Kevin Michaels. But uh, he'd be like, you know, I'd say like, hey, like, can you do um, any? He would always give me one challenge every recording because I always sat next to him, and so I can say anything, and then he would be able to voice it perfectly. So I'd be like, all right, uh, wow. highlighting a piece of paper, you know, and he would just mimic it, kind of like a mime, but then do the voice to it and it sounded exactly like it he was so good and then he would always say and i would say like you got to give me because i was a kid so he, you know i wasn't bugging him he, i would say could you mm-hmm. say like would you do it for a scooby snack and he would do it in in the fred voice but <laughs> those, those two were like really cool dudes so I just, oh yeah hey much 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 respect you know to to both those guys it was so weird and we and we commented on how strange it was uh, to see him like break into some blue humor at uh, at Comic Con, and then I got busted for for talking <laughs> smack on the internet. I, about I'm it. totally jealous that you got to sit in with those guys, and jealous that you got to voice a cartoon. It's like ultimate dream, I think. If you like to do a cartoon, and, and you you did it at such an early age, it's awesome, man. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was fun. Like oh. it, it, you know, I, I, 
I didn't really kind of, you know, my acting outside of that was full of pretty much like movies that never were big or anything like that. Like, like well, one of them ended up being a cult classic, and I was a bit part, but new. I was in Newsies, but I didn't dance. Oh no but way! I, I Wait, opened the. Oh really? my god! I have a. I have a. I, I'll tell you this. I'm sorry. I have a Christian Bale story. So way before oh, yes, Christian oh, Bale yes. ever freaked out on anyone else. Santa Fe. <laughs> yeah. When before Christian Bale freaked out on that cinematographer. So I was a kid. It was one of my first. It was like my first part, and I got. I tried out for a bigger part. I tried out for the part that uh, the kid from Little Big League or whatever. I forget his name. But I tried out for the main oh, yeah. part. I didn't get it, but they liked me enough where they gave me like a small part. So in the movie, Christian Bale's hanging off the side of a. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but. Oh yeah, we've seen it. Our sister made us watch yeah. it twenty times. Oh great! So remember, he Jack is oh, hanging outside the uh, the the building, and uh, the, to save Crutchy, the kid who mm-hmm. opens up the window that was me, and oh. uh, so my first day on set, it, I sat next. To, I was in Video Village. It was my first day, and Christian Bale was sitting right next to me. And I asked him. <laughs> I was a kid. I was literally like ten or eleven years old. And I said, "Do you mm-hmm. think you'll win an Oscar?" <laughs> Oh, and he yes. said, "He said, shut up, kid." And he got up and left Video Village. So that was my first Christian Bale. And then I had a one-on-one scene with him when I opened up the window for him. So I didn't, I didn't understand the concept of like waiting for your cue, like your say your sentence and then stop. So I kept mm-hmm. cutting him off. Like he hangs out and he's like, "Hey, is Crutchy in here?" And then my kid, I said, "Oh, the Gimp, I'll get him for you." And I kept cutting him off, and he was hanging on this thing. And I just remember, like the fourth, the finally, the director had to come over to me and explain, like, "Listen, Kev, like you gotta wait for him to say his line." I was just nervous, you know. And so, mm-hmm. but the last yeah. time before I got talked to by Kenny Ortega, the director, mm-hmm. Christian Bale's hanging on the side of the building, and he, I cut him off again, and they're like, "Cut!" You know, you hear the ringing of the bell. Back to ones, mm-hmm. and Christian Bale kick. He's hanging on that the the you know the the rope. He kicks off. And I just remember he just disappears into the darkness. So he kind of he shoved he launched off the the side of the building or the set, and into the darkness he said, "Jesus fucking Christ!" Like that. So <laughs> I, heard his, I heard his Batman voice before there was a Batman voice. That's so fucking awesome. Yeah, Christian Bale yelled at me, and you know what? He did win an Oscar, and he should have said. And to the kid on the set of Newsies. Who asked me if I win an Oscar, and I said, "Shut up, kid. I just want to say thanks. Here, this one's for you. That's all I had to say." But like, you know, doing those cartoons, it was fun. But the only thing that ruins it, like, I can't watch the media anymore because, like, they always show like the the actors like looking up and very. I mean, maybe now with CG movies, they do a lot more of that because they want to capture their face and they film them. Mm-hmm. But like on Bobby's World, mm-hmm. it would just ever everybody would have their heads buried looking at the script, like. And so, but once a season, they'd always have media come in to film us, and they would always give us just one page, and we'd have to memorize it. And then, mm. when <clears throat> excuse me, when the media would come in, we would then look at the script, and then we'd have it memorized. So then we were encouraged to like look up and look at each other as if we're communicating with each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was fun. I got to le- like that was a. That was a good time. Then, then I did a, I did another cartoon that Leonard Nimoy was in, and he actually did the Vulcan Death Grip on me. Uh, that was oh. the Halloween Tree, which was an old Hanna Barbera TV movie of the week, I think. The the hot wait wait the Halloween Tree. Halloween Tree. That sounds really familiar. Yeah, it, it's it's about um, it's a Stephen not Stephen King Ray Bradbury, Ray Bradbury okay. tale, and Hanna Barbera did like a Halloween movie special or whatever. It was a cartoon. It looks just like the old Hanna Barbera cartoons or whatever. Oh shit! Oh yeah, that was actually 
That was actually really good. I remember watching that many times because uh, because it was like Halloween throughout time. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. how I knew about the Dia de la Due Muertos or whatever, the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. But the voice of the Halloween tree, the main villain, or not the villain, I, he's the tour guide of all the Halloweens. That was Leonard Nimoy, and I sat next to him. And actually, I mean, I was a really, really short kid. Like, so the other voice actor, the other kids that were the other parts, they weren't really nice to me. So I didn't, they didn't usually sit next to me. So, but Leonard Nimoy did. And you know what sucks is I was never a Star Trek fan. So I didn't realize how big a deal it was to be sitting next to Spock for three days. So I just mm. wish, because I'm into, I, I, I like Trek now. Like, I don't like it as much as Star Wars, but like, I, you know, the new Star Trek and, you know, some of the, the older ones. But. It would have been like he showed me the Vulcan death grip, but like I didn't really care. Like I, I was like, oh, you know, it's Spock. <laughs> wow. It's not Luke Skywalker, you know. So in your voice acting career, you've sat next to Megatron and Galvatron. That is <laughs> a, that is amazing. Like, oh, your life. It's awesome. I'm so I'm so glad that Christian Bale didn't beat you to death with Crutchy's cane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christian Bale, man. The first, that's a uh, that's funny that uh that that happened he ended up winning and actually he's i really liked him as as batman so but i'm I'm, i have high hopes i'm not really i'm not i'm not scared off by the new castings for the new one by the way i don't i even think jesse eisenberg is going to be good as lex so you know he he's he's pretty good in the facebook movie as like being a dick so i guess if if they ramp that up even more i i I could see it i was just i was just shocked but I, i could see he could probably play a good dick yeah, I, I mean, you you can see that there's got to be parts in that where, you know, he, he's just goading, you know, Superman on and Superman can't really do anything because they're in the public or something. like. And, you know, like, apparently he's going to – maybe he'll bulk up. I mean, you got, we got to give we got to give him a chance. Like, they obviously have some idea, and I like that they're kind of sticking to their guns. So, I mean, we'll see. But I have high hopes for, for that, that movie. So, I don't know. Yeah, I just figure, you know, it's as long as they've got some good consultants. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with Ben Affleck as Batman, provided they make, you know, as long as the, the take on Batman is good enough. I mean, you know, Val Kilmer's been Batman, so if he can be, Ben Affleck can be. George Clooney was Batman with nipples. <laughs> yeah, so as long as they make him cool, I'm on board with it. I guess I was just surprised by Jesse Eisenberg just because I was really hoping for, like, Brian Cranston. But uh, but that would have you know, been the wh- easy choice because, like, you see him bald, you think Heisenberg, man. Like, yeah. like I, you know, I was really excited for Joaquin Phoenix. That would have been gold, man. So, yeah, like, that, I was bummed, too, about the casting. And, actually, I was a big fan of Carl Urban as Star or, or, Star Wars, as, uh, as Bruce Wayne, too. Like, instead of yes. Affleck, oh, Urban would have been That's who we too. needed, yeah. But, uh, well, I think the important thing that we can all agree with, as long as they haven't casted Shia LaBeouf as anybody, we're good. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf as Robin will we'll kill the movie. I love the Shia LaBeouf oh, hate, man. That's so funny. <laughs> he just you know, got to know. You, you, he's got to be a dick in real life, too. Like, I mean, it's oh, he's, definitely. He's headbutting dudes and fighting. Like, you know, I mean, he and Justin Bieber should hang out. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. Was was Justin Bieber? I think it was last summer. Uh, started wearing like a ski mask in public. It was like a Gucci ski mask or something, and everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa, hang on, this is like a sign of mental illness." And now, like, Paper Bag Man is at it. It's like the same thing. Oh, re- Ultimate Reality Show, Bieber and LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like an eighties. It sounds like a. Yeah, it's like a buddy cop movie. I'm telling you, <laughs> I would totally watch it. And like, you know, special guest star Lindsay Lohan or something. 
There you go. Well, dude, dudes, first of all, thanks for letting me be on this podcast to talk about KOTOR. And it's crazy that, I, that you know, I had been listening to this before I, or during the time that I had already been contacting with Chad. You guys are great. I've, I've, I've told all of the KOTOR community and stuff about it. I like that you guys talk about everything, like video games, movies, like comics. By the, when you guys watch or read your comics, do, are you buying the hard – like do you read them? Like, do you download them? Do you use Comixology or, like, what do you guys? I I, I I do a mix. Like, I prefer to read comics on a monitor so I can, like, I really, like, blow it up because uh, I prefer big text. Uh, I find a, I, I go through comics a lot faster if they're digital. If I, if I have, like, the printed page, I spend so much more time with, like, each page. Like, each page is, like, printed gold. Oh. You know, like you're just like scanning it like twice before you turn to the next page because I'm probably not going to flip through it again. See, I, I read them on my Kindle, and so you just double tap, and so it blows up each panel for you. Oh, the uh. Comixology, I don't know if they have that app on Kindle. Um, they have it on the iPad, and they have like this guided panel technology where like they program the, the uh, page. So when you have it like that, like when you swipe, you know, from right to left to go to the next panel, like if mm. it's like a big splash page, right? Like it's programmed where like it'll zoom in on one part of it and it'll it'll hide the other part of the of the splash page. So then when you're done reading that bubble and you swipe over, it'll like maybe zoom out a little bit or it'll like swipe down to like the bottom part and then go to the right and then it will zoom out. Like it's really it's really cool for that. Um, uh, yeah, as far yeah. as the guided panel, that that's pretty badass. But I wonder because like member comics started taking a dip for their value with the advent of like eBay and, and, and stuff like that and like online and stuff. And I wonder if, if eventually when the printed works finally go away for good, if they ever will, first of all, if that'll drive up the prices. Cause I have a whole box full of image number ones and stuff that used to be valuable and now they're worth like two bucks each. <laughs> I'd love for uh, those to go back up in value. That's a good point. Maybe I will hold on to all my X-Men uh, books and my GI Joe ones because uh, you're right. Once once the print goes away, that that could help. And but yeah, my my Kindle when I read it on there, what you were talking about, it it has it on that too. Like the, it goes panel to panel and just kind of puts everything else with like a a little you know black uh, mist over it. Also, you just fo- focus on the yeah. one panel that goes across the page and stuff. Because aren't we guilty when we have it the whole time that we look ahead even though we don't want to? Especially oh, if definitely. there's a lot of writing, you kind of your eyes glance. Whereas mm-hmm. this, it's like forcing you, and it almost makes it like, kind of like a, a you know, like a movie or a cartoon, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But, anyways, yeah. So, I guess back to that. Like, I appreciate your guys's, but like, it's now like appointment listening usually on Tuesdays or whatever. So, and you guys yes. have mad love for cool. Sega. I love Sega. So. Well, th- well, thanks, dude, and and I'm a fan of your work too, and I can't wait. I I know I know there was like big talk at Magfest about like. You know, you know, we we put it out to the crowd. You know, do you want to see episode three of this movie of the movieization of Knights of the Old Republic next year? And everyone is like, yeah. But whenever, whenever that comes out, it's doing, dude. I'm I got really seven months. They're already it. working on it for me. Um, so we're hoping to do that. And you know, we had a guy dressed as Darth Revan. That's my buddy. Like I'm, I, I, I'm, I want to go bigger. Like I want to get like members of the five hundred first. Like I want, I want to make a presence known out there like obviously i don't know <laughs> we, we we must have driven the magfest folks mad we had so many flyers everywhere you could not avoid the presence of the kotor movie poster uh yes. no it's great no, that's that's a, that's a, that's what you need to do dude and, and like I, I, the mag the, uh, 
MAGFest staff, they're just, like, doing their own thing. As long as you don't, like, I don't know, trip up grandma or anything like that, just do what you need to do to get your movie out there. Absolutely. And, like, I, I, I extended the offer, like, because I, I really love that game fest and, and, or games on film and stuff. Like, if you need any help next year, like, because I, I plan on being there for episode three, but uh, hopefully. But, um, you know, I'll help you out. <laughs> I mean, if, it's up to you guys, obviously. But I'll help you out, like, with your with it like i have no problem like volunteering my time because i know that that must have been a bitch being there as as those four days or whatever that's all those screenings so yeah that's that's the conversation for 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 another time but i love the support spread the word man spread the oh, word absolutely. that's that's the biggest and thing. For, oh, we, we already had a lot of people from the kotor fan like because you know the guys there was a lot of people that came from out of state or whatever and and traveled just to see you know that movie or whatever they were all the dudes in the front row or whatever but uh, already, like, another, like, dozen people have said that they're going to make the trip for MAGFest just for Episode 3. And we're not – because Episode 2 has been out. Like, that wasn't the first time it was ever – you know, people have seen Episode 2. So this will be – Episode 3, we're going to hold off, and no one's going to be able to see it until after MAGFest. Oh, nice. Yeah. And for anyone that's awesome. listening to this podcast that uh, has never heard of your videos before, what, uh, where, where are we going here? Where's the, what's the best website to check this out? Yeah, if you search on, the, uh, on Google, just do KOTOR Movie Trilogy. There's forums there. I'll post mm-hmm. a link on your Facebook, too, to the Facebook group we have and, and the forums as well. Um, but the Facebook group's been pretty much what I've been using uh, mostly to get in contact with it, but there's a there's a, a, a chat or a ch- a chat room on Skype that the the fans do. And what's been really been good is it's inspired a lot of people um, to to pursue a career. Like there's a couple of the fans that like say I want to be an editor now, and I just think that's really cool because you know there's Kotor two, so a lot of people have made their Kotor two. There's been some really comparable movies um, that uh, they made out of Kotor two, and it cre- it, it kind of started a lot of like creativity and stuff like that it's it's been very user kind of oriented where all the all the forum members are into it too but yeah search kotor movie trilogy or there's a twitter uh kotor underscore trilogy i hate underscores but that was what i had to do so kotor underscore trilogy is the the twitter name or if you search on google i don't have a website so that's something i really need to get get to but i'll post something on uh your facebook or i could email it to you and you guys could post it and uh yeah so you can search that or if you search youtube just type in Veil of the Dark Side uh, MAGFest, and you can. Uh, someone uploaded the entire movie. It's the, the MAGFest edition. So, that too. Word. Well, I don't know if you guys can hear me. Yeah, I, <laughs> my connection died. Uh, I can hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, thank, dude, Kevin, thanks so much again. Uh, once again, I'm, I'm looking over, <laughs> looking at the Halloween tree on Wikipedia thinking, oh my god, I know Pip. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um,. <laughs> Was uh, that my name? I thought in. it was Ralph. Was it Pip? Kevin Michaels? Who is Kevin Michaels? Pip. Pip. There you go. It's it says, it says right right on the bottom. Kevin Smets as Pip as Kevin Michaels. No. <laughs> uh, see, I have a, a complicated stage name. That's what I'm, it said in the credits. I'm just, Kevin Smets as Pip as Kevin Michaels. I'm just pumped you on Wikipedia. Every time our fans try to put us on Wikipedia, we get rejected. Oh man, you shouldn't get rejected. You have a you have an actual podcast. I don't, that's weird. I know Wikipedia is haters or something. Yeah, I would so say Wikipedia just keep, Gestapo. I would say just keep trying. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have a website and you have a podcast. That that's odd that they wouldn't accept it. I think I only know this from the newsroom on HBO, but maybe someone that's not you has to publish something in a printed work 
for the Wikipedia to, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you need to get someone to write an article about your podcast, and pu- and it doesn't need to be like the New York Times. It can be like the you know some small publication. Get it published online somewhere um, that's not from you guys, and that you're, there's a quote from someone about your show. Mm-hmm. And I think that that what that's what makes it. I'm, again, that's my knowledge from the newsroom on HBO, but. Because the, the main character, like, she wants to get something changed. But she tries to change it, but she can't do it. And the guy explains, like, no, it's got to be printed in an article or something. Oh. So. We got a link to, like, right. some message boards where people say we suck. That should be enough to get us on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, hey, thanks so much, dude. I know this, we went way over your normal length, but <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. And, and maybe I can come back on uh, uh, the next time uh, or just before – uh, episode three, and hopefully, I'd like to. I'd love to be at this year, this coming next Magfest. You guys, the 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 screen was great, the production was great. Like you guys did a kick-ass job over there. So, and um, maybe Eric, you'll make the next one. I can meet you. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, let's. Well, Magfest has got to give the Jumpman a panel again because we had it two years ago and then they rejected us last year. So if they bring us back, I will be there. Oh hell yeah, yeah, that would be great. Well, th- well, thanks so much, and. uh Everybody with the Jumpman Podcast, weekly movie slash video game slash comic slash whatever podcast. You can check us out every week for free on uh, RetroWareTV.com, ElderGeek.com, RageQuickCast.com, uh, our home base at JumpmanPodcast.com. Uh, hook us up on Facebook, and um, we're on Stitcher Radio. Yeah. And we're on your mom's mind all the time. Ah. <laughs> Coming to you live from your pimp palace on Endor with all of your Wookiee and Ewok slaves. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> yub yub. All right, good night. Jump man, engage. Yahoo! I find your lack of faith disturbing. One shall stand.